Hey, my name is Grace, and this is Rooted Ramblings, a podcast that explores the stories underneath the surface that ground people's lives. Episode 1, Getting Started. In these first few episodes, I'm going to be taking you behind the scenes in my own life. In June of last year, I started writing memories of my grandma, Nancy Johnson, who lived from December 31st, 1934 to November 16th, 2007. The way she died maybe isn't as important as the lessons that I learned from her life, but she died of suicide, and her death had an impact on me. A little over a year after my grandma died, I lost another family member, another female that I looked up to to suicide, and once again I was left wondering why these deaths had happened, and I was also left with the fear that it could happen to me. In my writing, I've been journeying back to that time and writing about what my grief journey has been like, how it impacted me, and how I'm journeying through it. When I started the writing, I really thought that I had come to a place of peace about these losses, at least as much as I could given the circumstances. And yet, when I started writing, I had no idea how hard it would be just to get simple memories onto paper and how much harder still it would be to share my written memories and feelings with others. In July of 2017, about a month after I started working on the writing, I decided that I should start talking into a voice recorder when I felt stuck in my writing, and use the recordings as a way to help me process what I was feeling. I figured it might come in handy later on in my writing. I'm going to share with you clips from these audio journal recordings. I'm leaving them in chronological order so you can see the progression of my journey. This episode contains clips from July through September of 2017. This first recording is from July. I guess I just wanted to see what would come out. Um, If I shared some of my story and talk about what I'm doing, I started writing about my grandma who died of suicide when I was 19 And, um, I mean, it's been about 10 years, almost 10 years since it happened. And so I feel like it's, I have a lot of perspective on it and I, I know I've gone on a little bit of a journey and have tried to work on my own grief. So I've come through a little bit of a journey, but I, I want to take it further, I guess, and use that experience in order to help others or help the profession that I went into, the social work and nonprofit sector, Um, because I know having had that experience right at the start of my career, just a couple months after I declared my major in psychology, and I think being in the field maybe affected how I processed my grief 
And for a long time, I thought I had to understand depression or anxiety or mood disorders or different things like that in order to understand my grandma's suicide. And I think I got to a point when I started delving into some research, I was thinking of doing a master's thesis related to um, organizations that had lost a client to suicide. And I was looking at clinician grief and how clinicians handle losing a client to suicide. And I began to see that there were legal issues that could come up. Um, So I began to see that on the back end that the public doesn't really see um, with the clinicians that, that there's more that could be done in order to prevent suicide. So I began to see that it's not just about depression or mood disorders or anxiety, that it's also about how professionals talk about suicide. Do they get enough training? Um, Part of me thinks not based on my education. Um, And does the public, could the public, could there be more done to change some of the conversations around suicide so that people feel more comfortable talking about it? Because I think one of the big reasons that it's such a problem is that people are afraid to talk about it. And so there's not enough conversation around it as there is say cancer or things like that. So part of me wants to change the conversation around suicide. And that's why I think a podcast or using the vocal medium might actually be a good medium to use um, in addition to writing because we need to talk about it vocally more um, with people that we love, with our friends, our neighbors, our community. Um, And so that's what I want to do. And um, I've gone to some survivor of suicide groups before, and I've gone to grief, a young adult grief group I was in for a little while in Michigan. Um, so I, I enjoy connecting with people around grief and I'm also just have a curiosity to talk to more survivors of suicide. So I wonder if I were to start a project, um, if I would interview people who are survivors of suicide just to kind of delve more into some of the issues that can come up. Um, like stigma, emotional, like anger, why, like questioning yourself. Was there more I could have done? Was there more that professionals could have done? Um, what did I miss? And, um, I'm sure there's other topics too that are less talked about, um, Like, how has the family tried to honor that person? How do you try to honor the life of someone that takes their 
life to su- that dies of suicide. Um, how do you talk about that person? How do you talk about the death? Um, how do you remember that person in your family history? How do you use that death to inform future generations as a lesson to kind of change the trajectory of your family history? Um, I wonder if suicide is talked about differently by different cultures, different groups of people. I wonder if different groups of people have different ways of understanding it. So I think these are some of the things that I would explore by talking to people. And I think um, it's a topic that I'd have to be very thoughtful about because um, there's a vulnerability in people sharing this type of story. There's an emotional aspect to it. And I wouldn't want to cause any further pain to people um, by exposing their story. And so I'd have to be thoughtful about who I talk to and whether I do share recordings in like a podcast format. Um, do I have to get, you know, what kind of consent would I need from people to do that? Um, and how thoughtful should I be about how long should it have been since the death? I mean, I think maybe a year, at least a year might be a good time frame frame just so that the person has gone through their first year, but even then, um, this isn't something that people share about publicly as much, so it's hard to know um, what other considerations to make. And how do you be sensitive when you're talking to different people about suicide or race and culture and their family um how do you be sensitive how do you talk about those things in a sensitive way but I guess it is a conversation it's not something that would be set in stone it's not like I'm trying to create a report that says this is the way things are I just want to start a conversation with people and so I think that does leave some room for openness. I did some writing recently and I'm going to go to my writing group tomorrow night to talk about that because um, I realized that I need to kind of share it with people to get feedback in order to kind of get more inspiration of where I want to go next. It's been really helpful to share with people. Um, so even in my writing, I guess it's almost a conversation with people because it doesn't seem like something that I can totally do in isolation. I'm realizing that I need support around this. Um, and, um, I also want to get back to the survivor of suicide group that I went to. Um, Because it's been a while since I've gone to that. And I did move recently, so I think that's part of it. But I'm getting more settled. So I'm really excited about these new ideas. Um, I don't really know where they're going to go. But I'm glad that I'm listening to them and exploring them. Because I think that's what it's about. And it'll go where it needs to go. 
So I'm really grateful and thanks for listening. Bye. Hey, it's me again as your narrator. In that first segment, I talked a little bit about professionals and wanting the mental health field to advance. And I want to be very clear that I don't blame any professionals or really anyone for my family member's death. That's not what this is about. But as someone who has a master's in social work, I believe that we could be doing a better job of training mental health professionals and other community members to know how to talk to people about suicide. At the same time, I really do think that most people are doing the best that they can with the information that they have, and I know that suicide is an incredibly complex topic. I'm trying to walk a fine line in opening up and talking about it, so please feel free to contact me and help me learn if you have any feedback. I'll put some information on how to contact me in the show notes. I also mentioned a group called Survivor of Suicide or Survivor After Suicide. This can get confusing. The term survivor of suicide is used interchangeably for both people who have made a suicide attempt and survived it, and also to describe people who are grieving a friend or loved one's death. In this episode, I use the term to refer to people who have lost someone to suicide and the grief support groups they form. I've attended survivor of suicide groups off and on over the years. Some people like them and some people don't. Earlier on, when I started working through my grief, I needed other types of grief groups to help me stay focused on my feelings of grief. But there are some unique aspects to grief with suicide loss, and the survivor of suicide groups can help survivors uh, talk more openly. This next recording is from early September 2017. To the audience... And that's what I'm kind of struggling with right now. Um, I think the writing group I've been going to will help. But I'm just like feeling a little bit daunted by the editing and revising process. I think just putting myself out there more in a more full way could help me. I don't know why, but... I think for a long time I've been really confused about my professional identity because of how it relates to my personal personal things that I've been through that I hadn't confronted and that I didn't didn't think I needed to didn't know how it would be valuable because I figured it would just kind of being a survivor of suicide I just have like it gives me a little bit of cynicism and cast some doubt on the clinical profession because my grandma was seeing a therapist and taking medicine and she still died. And so I've wondered how that experience could be helpful for people. You know, I thought it would just cast more doubt and not be helpful. So I didn't want to share it, but Um, I'm starting to realize that my perspective could be beneficial because it's, you know, part of reality. As you can tell, being vulnerable and sharing personal stories is not an easy thing, whether it is through writing or through podcasting. But if you do it right, it feels so good afterwards. 
If you have a story that you want to share, I'm looking for people to interview for upcoming episodes. What is the story behind where you are now? Check out the show notes for ways to contact me. Not ready to do an interview? Buy a little digital voice recorder and start keeping your own audio journal. Maybe someday you'll want to share it. This next clip was recorded just a week or so after that last clip you listened to. I just got back from a survivor of suicide meeting. I haven't been to one of those in quite a long time, it seems like. Um, I think just because of my schedule, it only meets once a month, and I haven't been making an effort to go there. Plus, my writing group is on Monday nights, and that's when the survivor of suicide meeting is, too, and it's farther away. But I'm really glad that I went tonight. Um... I think also just because I haven't really been since I've really started working on my writing. Um, and the writing process, even though I'm in a writing group, the writing process is a little bit more lonely and I'm delving into like some memories and it's bringing up emotions. So yeah, I haven't been to the survivor of suicide group since I've started doing that. And it kind of made me emotional because it was like being around people that I'm kind of writing this book for to partly talk about the grief process from just my perspective. But um, yeah, I want to give people hope. And um, so yeah, it was emotional and it was hard seeing like that there's new people and it just kind of makes it more real again, because I think writing about it, it, I'm in this kind of abstract place where yes, it is my memories, but I'm just kind of delving into my experience. And so in a way it doesn't feel totally real, or I just haven't been picturing my audience in a while since I'm just kind of getting out some of my initial writing drafts and I'm just trying to kind of delve into my memories to remember things, but I know I do need to start thinking about an audience. Um, you know, even focusing on the writing, I wonder if I'm going back to like intellectualizing my grief process. Um, and going to the right or to the, to the survivor of suicide group is maybe something that I should keep doing because it can help me to distinguish what are some traits that I might be having that are because I'm a survivor of suicide. Um, and what are things that I'm doing that are just a normal part of the writing process? Um, because I think it could be a survivor of suicide traits to, um, to, f to like obsess about like why things happened and things like that. And I don't think I want to um, do that. I mean, I think I'm not gonna, yeah, I don't think it would be helpful to do that. 
so yeah, I just thought maybe I could keep this, um, keep making recordings throughout the process just to give some updates and maybe I'll do something with it. These recordings later on. Um, but I think it'll just be helpful to keep some kind of record of my experiences throughout this process. Um, I'm still at like an early enough stage where I'm like, even though I'm, I've gotten fairly organized. So I'm, I'm definitely feeling like writing the book is possible. Um, on a practical level, but I think still, I'm still in this like transition phase emotionally where I'm like, am I actually doing this? Like, I don't, I don't really know how I got to this point where I am actually able to do this writing. And, um, it is still bringing up emotions. So I do think I need to keep acknowledging my grief through this process and working through that. But at the same time, it's very like cathartic to be able to express my feelings in a more, because I have some more perspective on it. Um, that was one of the things like being at the group. Um, it's hard because I, I do need to like take care of myself when I go there, but at the same time I've, it's been almost 10 years for me and everyone else there, most of the people it's been like a lot more recent. So for them going to the group is a very different experience. And I, part of me feels like I'm, um, I feel like selfish almost for taking up some of the time. Um, but at the same time, I do feel like I need to be there too. And I also feel like I can be like a support for other people, even just like by being present for them, because I know some of what they're experiencing, like, maybe not to the same extent or, you know, like some people lost their sibling or their child or their parent. And that feels a lot more intense than maybe what I've experienced. But I do feel like the process is still similar because it is, you have a relationship with this person and it's, you're grieving that person and that relationship and trying to comprehend how suicide became the reality of how they died. So I think my experience is still like valuable maybe to others and just all the different grief work I've done. Um, but I definitely still feel inadequate in a lot of ways. And, um, yeah, sometimes the group dynamics at survivor of suicide meetings, like frustrate me because it is challenging because there is such like a diversity in terms of ages and relationship to the person that died. But the commonality is that everyone has lost someone to suicide, but like everyone kind of understands that in a different way. Um, and oh, what was I going to say?
Yeah, like, so I guess sometimes the dynamics can be challenging because, like, when people are in so much pain, they sometimes want to, like, say things that are belittling to other people. Um, so I think sometimes survivor of suicide groups have, like, dynamics that might be similar in families. Um, the difference is, like, at a survivor of suicide meeting, everyone is going there for the support and community and, you know, potentially because they want to talk about it. So there is that like intentionality behind it, but I think there can definitely be some of the similar challenges that people experience in families, um, in terms of not getting their needs met. And so, I mean, I think maybe that's why I really did benefit from going to another type of grief group, Um, cause I felt like my needs, even though sometimes they did feel like different because it was suicide and stuff and it had been a lot longer since the death. Um, so maybe it's just me that I have a hard time feeling like I'm allowed to do grief work and focus on my grief. That's kind of a weird thing because it's become such a big part of my life, but I do think like maybe that's just a cultural thing in my family that I learned not to, um, make room for my grief or feel like I was allowed to like express my grief. Um, so maybe that's part of it. Um, So yeah, it's interesting that it is such a diverse group of people that are all brought together because of such, you know, all this tragedy. And it's sad, but at the same time, all these people wouldn't have been brought, come together. So it creates like a sense of unity and really peace because I think all the people that have experienced such a loss are seeking peace um, vigorously. My hope in this podcast is to encourage you to delve deeper into your own stories and write or podcast about them. The emotional journey is real, but it is also very rewarding to go deeper into your own personal development work. To encourage you to get started, I'll share with you what I did to start writing about something that was super hard to get started with. I learned about this in a book I read called Writing with Power by Peter Elbow. It's a technique where you write down a phrase to get you to remember things and then just keep writing and repeating the phrase to generate more memories or ideas. I wrote down, I remember, and then just wrote memories and kept writing, I remember, over and over until I ran out of ideas. This gave me a good list of ideas to start with in my writing and as a technique I could use again when I get stuck. I'll leave you with one last rambling section in this episode where hopefully I give you some hope on how this journey can be very rewarding. Yesterday on Monday, last night, um, I had, I went to my writing group and I took some of my recent writing, which was a chapter that I called Muddy Bottom. 
and it was just kind of the first draft of this chapter, but um, I talk about some things that the people in the writing group had already seen before, but I also um, inserted some more information about how I had also struggled with like anxiety and depression, and that was part of why um, my grandma's death was so tragic for me. Um, anyways, the reason I wanted to talk was because I've just been thinking about it. I think when I do something like that, that makes me feel, um, alive and I feel like I'm fulfilling my purpose in a way that gives me energy. And so I just get kind of a little bit energetic afterwards and, um, have more ideas. And so that's why I think maybe recording some of those ideas might help just to get it off my mind. Um, so yeah, there's two other women right now that are in the writing group and, um, tonight they were kind of pushing me a little bit. Um, because this was like the first draft of this chapter that I wrote in this way. And I did a lot of telling instead of showing. And so there, there is a lot of like detail that I need to add to fill out the writing a lot more. So they were kind of pushing me in that way. And I guess with bringing up like my own struggles with depression and anxiety, um, they were kind of wanting me to like explore that more and share more about my, my previous struggles. I mean, I guess it was a good group. I feel like sometimes my, the stuff that I'm writing about, like brings up a lot of emotions and stuff and it's very personal, obviously. So like, it's hard to put it out there and hard to hear feedback because it is so personal. Um, and tonight I went first and shared mine first in the group. And then I feel like maybe I didn't do as good of a job giving feedback to the other ladies. Um, but I think, you know, if they pick up on that, I think they kind of like understand. So, um, anyways, it's still very cathartic you know, as I continue with my writing journey, I'll be able to be more open and honest as I get like more comfortable with the subject material. Cause right now I'm still doing like my, the first draft of everything. And so I'm just kind of glossing over a lot of things that I will need to come back and expound upon later and refine. So it's kind of like exciting that these ladies seem to like enjoy my writing so much and enjoy my hearing my story because it's like, this is a part of me that I haven't really talked about a lot. And, um, I was listening to a podcast earlier. I found this podcast a while ago called sabbatical or suicide and I was kind of like afraid to listen to it for a while because it sounded a little bit weird. 
and creepy, just the title, but I started listening to it today and she's had some good insights. Like, I guess she's someone, she did lose a brother to suicide and she was also had been really depressed for a while and decided to like, she got divorced and then decided to take a sabbatical, um, to kind of like figure some of her stuff out. And she said something about how like the greatest pain wasn't actually like the depression or the different things, but it was not telling her own story and not telling people about her pain because it kept her isolated. And I think that's something I'm realizing too, a little bit, um, that I've kept this story like tucked so close to my heart because it is something that was so painful and like I was afraid that telling people would make it more painful because sometimes it does. Like, I mean, some people just have shitty like lack of emotional intelligence skills and don't know how to talk to people about things that are challenging, even, I don't know, but, um, but yeah, that's what I'm realizing is like one of the biggest disservices that I did to myself was like keeping this story inside because it kept me isolated. Um, and it's just kind of amazing how healing it feels to like share, even if it's just like little pieces of my story, it like feels really healing to like share it with people that are actually engaged and want to hear more details. Like I'm, I get overwhelmed because I'm like, oh, this is like a stupid detail from my childhood. Like maybe I shouldn't include that. Maybe I'm exaggerating and there. These ladies are like, no, like those little silly details are really important. And they, they show people like the details, the little stories are like what shape a person's character. And I don't know, it just feels kind of empowering to be able to like tell my story. Um, and part of my family's story, but it's still my perspective of it. Um, and have it be like appreciated because, and I'm realizing how like special of a story it is. Like, even though it was like so painful and it still is painful for some family members. Um, I'm starting to realize that like, it's a story that I think needs to be heard and people, would like appreciate it and want to hear it. And it feels weird saying that because I feel like I'm being like self-centered saying that. Um, But it's like, I'm not trying to make it come from a self-centered place. It's like, I want it to be used to help people. And, um, you know, other people can read it or not read it. I don't really care, but I know, um, I do feel like there is an audience of people that it might be able to touch and 
be used to be of service in some way. So, yeah, it's just like an amazing thing. Thank you for listening to my first episode of the Rooted Ramblings podcast. I really appreciate it. Please leave a comment or feedback or get in touch through my website, rooted-research.com. And stay tuned for more episodes in the future.